The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Oh, I like this. I like this. I like seeing this. I'm going to share a couple of stories here with you that uh, I think you'll like as well. You're not going to like the premise behind them, why they are stories at all. But uh, I hope you'll be encouraged by the actions of some to push back on some Biden family madness. And by Biden family, I'm not talking about Joe and Jill and Hunter. I'm talking about the Biden crime family, which is, a, well, it's kind of the same thing. But uh, D.C. and the Washington liberal elite, progressives and liberals in general. And I have to admit that this one got by me. This happened last November, something that the Biden administration uh, did as they continue to uh, figure out every way under the sun in order to bow down before the false god of environmentalism. And I've mentioned this before. This is Steve Noble, by the way. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. God bless you. And uh, ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, which is essentially when you hear ESG, that's like a score. It's like a credit score, okay? And an ESG is used to give essentially a ideological credit score to companies and eventually to you and to me. Think of the social credit score system that they have in China because they're monitoring everybody's social media, texting, what have you. So then they can see where you're at with what you believe about the world, your worldview, your ideology, your philosophy of life. And then they give you a score. Now, in China, of course, that's based on are you in line with the Chinese government's way of seeing things that that would be President Xi and so that ESG score is similar to that. So it looks at environmental, social, and governance. You know, how's your company doing when it comes to environmental concerns, saving the earth from you uh, rich white people mostly? Well, you can't say that because rich white people mostly are liberal. So from rich uh, white Republicans, I guess. So that's E, environmental. And then social, hey, where does your company stand on, you know, DEI? We're in acronym land here, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So where do you stand on that? Do you have enough uh, diversity, multi or intersectionality, wokeness in your ranks? So that's E, environmental, S, social, and G, governance. Like, where are you at with your governance? Are you sufficiently socialist, <laughs> sufficiently woke once again? And that determines an ESG score. So what does that have to do with these stories? Okay, two of them. One was uh, put out, this is both on Fox News, but you can find this in other places. On January 26th, and then today, on January 26th, 25 states, these are attorney generals, 25 states hit Biden administration with a lawsuit over climate action targeting Americans' retirement savings. You're like, what? Okay, a group of 25 states on Thursday last week filed a federal lawsuit against the Biden administration, arguing a recent rule allowing retirement plan managers to factor ESG into investment decisions violated the law. The lawsuit led by Utah Attorney General Sean Rays and joined by 24 other states, including Louisiana, Texas, and Virginia, challenges the Department of Labor rule unveiled in November, just a couple months ago, 
and which is set to go into effect, well, it did on January 30th. The rule would open the door for fiduciaries to factor so-called environment, social, and governance, ESG considerations, into Americans' retirement accounts, an action that states argued could significantly harm the financial interests of customers. Okay, what is a fiduciary? Do you know what a fiduciary is when it comes to investments? Okay, so my friend Steve Lewis who's going to be back on the show in a couple of weeks. He's, he, we deal with Steve on the uh, regular stock investment side of life. And David Fisher, of course, we deal with him when I say we personally, my family, on, on gold and me, uh, precious metals investment. Okay, gold and silver. So Steve Lewis, as, an, as an, an investor, an investment advisor, is a fiduciary, which means by law, he has to act in your best interest. A lot of stockbrokers, for example, are not fiduciaries. So they can push products to you, mutual funds, whatever, that benefit them personally. Bonuses, they get a piece of the action for selling because they're like repping these other things. It's like a pharmaceutical uh, person going to the doctor's office and trying to get you to buy certain things. And then doctors maybe getting you, suggesting to you that you buy this particular medicine over another brand because they get maybe a kickback. Okay, that's what that is. But a fiduciary has to act in the best interest of his client, meaning... In the uh, investment world, they have to be doing things that are in the best interest of your pocketbook rather than their own. Enter the Biden administration. So what they did with the Department of Labor was saying, hey, uh, the people that run these massive investment funds where all these 401ks are, you can factor in ESG now into your retirement accounts, into how you manage them. The Biden administration is promoting its climate change agenda by putting everyday people's retirement money at risk, Ray's told Fox Business in a statement. Americans are already suffering from the current economic downturn. Permitting asset managers to direct hardworking Americans' money to ESG investments puts trillions of dollars, like $11 trillion, of retirement savings at risk in exchange for someone else's political agenda. We are acting with urgency on this case because this illegal rule is set to take effect next week. It must be stopped. And it did take effect. Okay, on January 30th, it's a couple of days ago. In the lawsuit, the states alleged that the Department of Labor violated the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974. The law safeguards the retirement income of 152 million U.S. workers, equivalent to more than two thirds of the nation's adult population, and covers roughly $12 trillion in assets. That's in the retirement accounts, okay? The states noted that uh, ERISA, that's that law, requires retirement plan assets to be held for the exclusive purpose of providing benefits to participants in the plan and that the fiduciaries must act solely in the interest of said participants. So they have to put our money, your money, your 401k money, your retirement money into investments purely based on that investment's ability to make you money. It doesn't matter whether that company is pro LGBTQIA plus or anti. It doesn't matter whether they think that the earth is dying or not. It doesn't matter particularly what their version of governance is. All that matters and all that should matter to you and to me with somebody that's managing our accounts is to get the best rate of return. So what the Biden administration says is, hey, you know, forget that. You can now factor in by force of law, by force of the federal government, the executive branch. You can now factor in, well, go invest Steve Noble's money in companies that are all about wokeism. And so 25 attorney generals said, no, we're going to sue you. And then the next story, I hope, will encourage you as well. Some other people jumping on the bandwagon.
We'll be right back. All right, pumping a little life here into the show. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Welcome back. Talking about this one slipped by me back in November when uh, President Biden and his lackeys all decided through the Department of Labor that for your investments, 152 million Americans, about $14 trillion worth of investments, uh, your retirement accounts, okay, your retirement investments, that usually those guys that manage those things are, are, are supposed to be fiduciaries, meaning they do what's in your best interest, not in theirs. It's all about you. That's what the deal is supposed to be. Find the best rate of return, protect your money, grow your money. That's their job. Then the Biden administration, the Department of Labor in November said, no, no, actually your job is also to infuse ESG into your decision making on behalf of your clients. ESG, environment, social and governance, which is basically like a woke credit score. And you should factor that in, too. And they 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 did that to the Department of Labor that that. Uh, went into effect on January 30th. So we had 25 state attorney generals, God bless them all, standing up saying, uh, you can't do that because of a 1974 law that safeguards the retirement income of people. Uh, by forcing the people that manage it, you have to be a fiduciary. You have to do what's in your client's best interest and, and forsaking everything else. You can't do what's in your best interest as the manager, the money manager. You can't do uh, what feels good to you because of like ESG wokeism. So you can't just go around and invest in companies because you like them because they're woke. You can only, you got to invest based on the best return for your client. That's what that law was all about. So 25 attorney generals are suing the government and God bless them all. That's Utah, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Florida shouldn't shock anybody. Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. And if you're here in North Carolina with me, you're like, why aren't we on this list? Because our attorney general is a wackadoodle liberal, Josh Stein, who would never touch this with a 10-foot foot pole because ideology trumps reality. Then there's this story. And this is why we need to continue to pray for those in authority over us and for them to have wisdom and a backbone and be willing to fight the fights that need to be fought on behalf of the people they say they represent. All GOP senators plus Joe Manchin, God bless him from time to time, challenges Biden ESG climate investment rule politicizing Americans 401ks. Every Republican senator and Democrat Joe Manchin are introducing legislation that they hope will terminate the Biden administration's new ESG rule, which they say politicizes the retirement savings for 152 million Americans. No kidding. The Biden administration's Department of Labor unveiled a rule in November set to go into effect January 30th, which did, that allows retirement plan managers to factor ESG scores into investment decisions. That's their own ideology, their own philosophy, political philosophy, their own worldview. No, that's not what a fiduciary gets to do. The bipartisan disapproval resolution led by Senator Mike Braun from Indiana will be introduced Wednesday, and a companion bill in the House will be introduced by Representative Andy Barr from Kentucky. Congressional passage of the resolution will allow Congress to overrule the administration and kill the regulation. President Biden is jeopardizing retirement savings for millions of Americans for a political agenda, Braun told Fox News Digital. In a time when Americans' 401ks have already taken such a hit due to market downturns and record high inflation, the last thing we should do is encourage fiduciaries to make decisions with a lower rate of return for purely ideological reasons. That's what they're doing. Joe Manchin, 
said, quote, at a time when our country is already facing economic uncertainty, record inflation and increasing energy costs, it is irresponsible of the Biden administration to jeopardize retirement savings for more than 150 million Americans for purely political purposes. That's right. I'm proud to join the bipartisan resolution. They call it bipartisan because they got one Democrat, Jill Manchin. So let's hope that this works. Under the Congressional Review Act, joint resolutions of disapproval cannot be prevented from being considered on the floor. The resolution will only require a simple majority vote threshold to pass and be sent to Biden. And supporters of the resolution expect at least one more Democrat to support it and pass it in the Senate. So you know what happens. It goes to Biden, and then you force him, if he's even aware of what's going on, you force him to veto it. So, so Mr. President, what you're saying, and you use this against all Democrats at all levels, you paint all Democrats with what Biden does here. And if he decides to run, God help us, then you paint him with it again. So, sir, what you're saying is that the woke ideology of corporations is more important to you than actually protecting and promoting the retirement savings of 152 million of citizens that you say you represent. But it's more important to you to please your ideology than it is to make sure they get a reasonable rate of return. So you're okay with their investment, uh, the people handling this $15 trillion to not invest based on what's best for their client, but to invest based on what's best for your political career. That's what you're saying, sir. And he's, I'm not doing that at all. And But you hammer him with it. And then you hopefully you get enough Americans paying attention and it matters in the next election. So that's what's going on there. We'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of uh, attorney generals, and this is why you pray for those in authority over us and why you make sure you're registered and you vote. Right. You, like my buddy Steve Dace from The Blaze says, this, this country is not run by the rule of law. It's based on and run by the rule of political will. You have to win. You have to take the reins of power. That's it. That's where we're at. Welcome to 2023 in America, which is why I love this story. The Missouri Attorney General doubles down on firing school officials who took students to a drag show. Right. And we're going to talk about this whole drag show uh, ideology with Paula Reinhardt from The Federalist. The, her article is excellent. Came out the other day. In the war to destroy society, drag queens are the shock troops. We're going to talk to Paula in the next segment. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has doubled down on his office plans to explore all legal options against middle school officials who gave the green light for their students to attend a drag queen breakfast. It's a huge problem, he said. State statute in Missouri governs how human sexuality is to be taught by educators, and it doesn't authorize drag shows. That's also a parental notification requirement. So the school district undermined the statutes by taking the kids to the drag show without notifying the parents. Can you believe that? So, friends... If you have a son or daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter in the public school system, don't take anything for granted. Assume, because that's safe and wise, assume there's all kinds of anti-Christian garbage being poured into your kids, forced into your kids or grandkids. Just assume that and start making phone calls and digging into it. If it's your son or daughter's kids, then really strongly encourage them as much as you can to start finding out, investigate your own school system because you can't trust any of them. And so our kids are in there and grandkids are in there being mentally and emotionally sexually abused. And it's happening all over the country. You're like, oh, Missouri, that's such a conservative state. Really? <laughs> Wrong. 
Last week, around 30 Columbia middle schoolers attended a drag performance hosted by the Inclusion Plus Performance Group at the annual Columbia Values Diversity Breakfast. Why would you take kids to that? You know what that is. The city's website said the event, quote, typically features a breakfast, award presentation, artistic celebrations, and keynote addresses. The celebration is coordinated by the city's Office of Cultural Affairs and enjoys the support of many community volunteers and sponsors, unquote. See how they sell that? Sounds good. Sounds wholesome. Sound- oh, the city's uh, uh, okay with it, so it must be fine. Wrong, because most cities in this country are run by people who are given over. Reprobate mine is the standard. So you can't trust any of it. You can't trust any of it. So when we come back, let's dig into this whole drag queen thing. Paula Reinhardt from The Federalist. Her excellent column in the war to destroy society, drag queens are the shock troops. And they're turning kids into their own shock troops as well. We'll be right back with Paula. Don't go anywhere. As our culture continues on a negative trajectory, video games are becoming increasingly more violent and mind-numbing, leaving a lot of parents concerned with the dumbing down of their kids, not to mention the evil influence. Parents, worry no more. The Aether Light is different. Created by Scarlet City, the Aether Light is an open-world, problem-solving-based computer game with a wholesome message and aims to advance biblical literacy in a robust and relevant way. Go to theaetherlight.com. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-L-I-G-H-T. Theaetherlight.com. We should be engaged. We should be incensed. We should pay attention. I was just saying on the break, don't trust any school out there. You just can't. You live in a reprobate mind world now here in America, and you got to engage that. So when I saw this article, uh, drag queens are the shock troops in a war to destroy society. Some people might think that's hyperbole. Uh, I don't. I think that's just accurate. I think that's good reporting. And then I saw, no shock here. Uh, that my friend Paula Reinhardt wrote this for the Federalist. So uh, thank you so much, Paula, for your time. Thanks for calling in, and thank you so much for uh, writing this article. How are yeah. you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That that It was a pleasure to get that article out there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you and I weren't born yesterday, so... Uh, how are you, how do you respond, just first of all, as an American, as a, as a wife and a mother as uh, a Christian, to what we're seeing in our culture with this whole drag queen thing, and then we'll dive into the specifics of your article. Well, you know what motivated me to write it is I think many people are just like me, where they look at this and they think, how can this be? How can this be in the public library? And how can small children be exposed to this? So that's kind of what motivated me to get to the story behind drag queens. And... um, you know, there's a lot of sophisticated journalism about that in the last year or so, but I kind of wanted to bring the cookies down to the bottom shelf to to make it graspable. Yeah, because people, people have to understand. I mean, uh, you know, I remember, and you mentioned this in the article, what used to be a common comedy sketch 
Uh, Men in drag has Uh become a vehicle for sexual politics. I don't know why they're playing that. Can you guys kill that, please? For sexual politics that seeks to upend norms around human sexuality and the nuclear family, it's important to grasp the dark intent behind this growing trend. You know, they like to sell it, Paula, like it's, hey, this is just kind of America and we're free to express ourselves and kids should uh, be free to express themselves. So we're really just uh, trying to set the right tone here. But it really is much deeper and much darker than that, isn't it? Yes, it it really is. In fact, you can go back 30 years at least in the academy, and um, the the effort to break the binary of male and, and female comes out uh, at least 30 years ago. But drag, um, men dressed in drag, which you're right, it used to be kind of your common comedy strip, sketch, is kind of become the vehicle for getting the ideology out there into really the back of everybody's head, but especially children. They've really gone after children. Yeah, and you referenced Christopher Rufo, who's just an incredible journalist, uh, and, he, mm-hmm. and he did a deep dive in, in the article. You said the real story. We should think of drag queens, he says, this is Rufo, as the foot soldiers for an ideology that deconstructs normative human experience, beginning with breaking the binary of male and female. And it really is that insidious. Why are they so hot to trot to go after really young kids? We're talking about kindergarten, first grade, second grade, really little kids. Why, why are they so bent on that group? Well, you know, to quote their own words, their goal is to establish uh, a queer imagination in children. So they are questioning who they are from the get-go, and um, they just build on layers of that. So it's, it's really, in a sense, the thinking behind it is that only very public, transgressive sexual stuff will disrupt the, you know, the norms that are out there that are just simply the way God has created us to think of male and female. But it's it's this public transgressive sex that is meant to disrupt that and to plant other ideas in kids' heads, especially. Yeah, you mentioned in the article, we're talking to Paula Reinhardt in the war to destroy society. Drag queens are the shock troops. Uh, this came out on The Federalist just a couple of days ago. Uh, one of the first drag performers to popularize drag queen story hour was a college professor named Harrison Kornstein, a.k.a. Little Miss Hot Mess, who read his book. Now, this is where you can just hear the hiss of the serpent. The hips on a drag queen go swish, swish, swish. To children's groups, which, of course, is a reference to the wheels on the bus go round and round and the wipers on the bus go swish, swish, swish. And and it really is a planned attack. They always act like they're for children, but they're really trying to create their own shock troops in the future, aren't they? By just reconstructing what it means to be a child. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The innocence of childhood is actually what they're going after. And, um, you know, they, they've they had enough pushback that uh, some drag performers have tried to soften it and make, make it more user-friendly. But uh, it doesn't change the ideology that's being pushed on, on people, uh, especially on, on our children. You know, this is not what children are thinking about, whether or not they're bi- uh, non-binary. That's not what kids are thinking about at that age. They're, they're meant to be out playing soccer and baking cupcakes, you know. Right. And so, I mean, you, you have a lot of experience as a counselor yourself. Little children, 
really aren't even geared to go down this road. Why, why they're being exposed and why these topics are even coming up at such early ages uh, is beyond me. Other than, I mean, I'm not afraid to say that this is deeply satanic. Of course, Satan loves to play in the garden. He goes right back to God's original design. But if you can turn these kids' minds around when they're six, seven, eight, nine, then in the future, yeah. you've got more soldiers to fight your battle, don't you? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, what's amazing to me is that few people seem to connect the exploding rates of anxiety and depression among mm. children with uh, the ideas they are planning in kids' heads. I mean, when you're eight years old, you need to rest in the fact that you're a little boy who who wants to build a Lego set, you know? Right. Um, and to, in a sense, challenge the very foundations of being. Uh, who wouldn't be anxious and depressed, you know? Yeah, it's such a powerful um, point. Paula, what, what's your advice to parents and grandparents out there? I opened up this segment uh, challenging them going, uh, don't, hey, we, we have really good teachers. We love our school, blah, 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 blah. We have such a nice little quaint city. At this point, I'm thinking every parent and grandparent out there should be, should be paranoid about what is most likely being infused into their kids' thinking. So what's your advice to parents and grandparents who have kids in the school system? Well, I think anything related to drag queens should be absolutely mightily opposed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised people aren't in the streets, so to speak. But I think in the home, this is the point in history to uh, take every opportunity possible to affirm a child in being a boy and being a girl and, and just the wonder of it all and, and what it is to grow up as a as a woman, as a man, and of course there are periods you go through. Everybody goes through a life where you kind of don't feel comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. But you grow out of it. You grow through it. And um, maleness and femaleness, it, you know, that we will have a society in chaos if we let that be disrupted. Right. And, you know, and before we thought it was crazy to think about gay marriage. And then we are now we're talking about uh, right. 72 different genders. And then you've got drag queen story hour going on. And the thing that disgusts me the most, and I've been to a couple of just as a mole, go to a couple of gay pride events. I mean, here in the area, Apex, North Carolina, outside of Raleigh, I went down there last year for their gay pride uh-huh. event. And they had a they had a bunch of drag queens there twerking and making a big fuss. And, they, and then all these parents with these little kids there, I'm like. Paula, I'm looking at it going, what, the parents are guilty of child abuse at that point. Or am I just, be, am I overreacting? Am I hyperbolic? You know, as a grandmother, I find myself wanting to take a microphone and just, you know, go around and interview anyone who would take their child to yeah. see this. Um, what are you, what are you thinking and how do you, how do you explain it? Um, it just, it makes the whole enterprise of raising a child that much harder oh man yeah that's certainly true and and none of us uh, should be assuming everything's fine just because maybe you live in a quaint little town with a quaint little school this stuff's all over the place paula reinhardt god bless you my friend it's so great to hear from you thank you so much for continuing thank to speak you. out you're welcome we'll talk again soon thanks again all right sounds good all right uh-huh.
Bye-bye. That was Paula Reinhart writing for The Federalist. I'll put this link up on my uh, Facebook Live feed today, and I'll put it on my regular Facebook page. That's under the Steve Noble Show there or just my personal Facebook page, uh, obviously Steve Noble. And the war to destroy society, drag queens are the shock troops. And again, here's the thing that's sick about it, is you know that the drag queen people and the people organizing, are they're so, they're so far gone. They're not so far gone for the Lord, but their mind and their thinking is so reprobate. It's so Romans one that they don't they don't even see. They see themselves as liberators. They don't see themselves as satanic educators, but that's what they are. And then the parents that take their kids to these things are usually are basically using their children as lab rats, as tools in order to stoke their own feelings of being woke, of being superior, of being enlightened. And they drag their kid into that nightmare to make themselves feel better about themselves. It's sick. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. A couple little technical difficulties going on there. Hopefully we'll get that fixed. It was great to have Paula Reinhardt on the show. Uh, the Federalist, the article she wrote the other day, in the war to destroy society, drag queens are the shock troops. And near the end of it, uh, in the end of this article, she goes back to... Uh, Christopher Rufo, a great journalist, who said, this isn't about tolerance and inclusion. It's about adult activists using the goodwill surrounding gay and lesbian social movements as cover for advancing extreme left-wing ideologies and turning children into shock troops for their gender revolution. There is indeed a method to the madness, this is Paula writing, an end goal being served. It's time to question and confront the sexual politics behind the glitter and high heels. So all the people, the parents that take their kids to the drag queen story hour, the drag queens themselves, all of them will act like if, if you say the P word, if you say pedophile, pedophilia at all, you're going to get excoriated. Okay. So just be ready for that. Not every transgendered or cross-dressing person is a pedophile, but a significant number of them are. It's the same thing like with Islam. Now, people are freaking out right now. Not all Muslims are fundamentalist, uh, jihadist Muslims. But some of them are. And in this case, that's about 220 million, which is a significant problem, don't you think? So you sit there and go, no, not every transgender person, not every person in the LGBTQ community is a pedophile. But some of them are in a higher percentage than the regular population. So you've got it's just so broken and, yes, satanic and dark and evil. That's all in there. But because the reprobate mind, they're actually this is see Romans one at the end of chapter one. And, and they back, they basically congratulate each other in their sin. They clap for one another. So they're like, oh, you know, hey, you're you're alive. Be who you are. You're just trying to make sure that these little kids don't grow up in this binary hateful, homophobic, transphobic, basically Christian mindset where they just hate people because to the reprobate mind in Romans 1, the only thing that's truly evil is a fixed moral standard, and that's God himself. So you have to understand this. But how do we get to this point? So here's another article that was in uh, The Federalist. Thanks, Bill. The whole transgender industry is founded on two faulty studies. This is always mankind using science, technology, psychology to try to baptize his egregiously evil mindset. Okay, so then we, because we're so smart, we're so enlightened. This is what we do. 
Two studies that form the foundation of the transgender industry in the U.S. should never have been accepted by the professional community. Why would they accept them then? Human depravity. Because to accept them means you're enlightened and you're casting off the shackles of the God of the Bible who says this is right and this is wrong. What a party pooper. What a tattletale. Get him out of here. Okay, that's what's behind all this. Two Dutch studies touting the great success of gender-affirming medical intervention on youth have been deemed bad research by experts at the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. Evidence-based, imagine that. In the report, The Myth of Reliable Research in Pediatric Gender Medicine, published earlier this month, researchers describe how the 2011 and 2014 studies that formed the foundation of the transgender industry in the U.S. should never have been accepted by the professional community failing unacceptability short of modern research standards, falling short. The studies, this is just fascinating, the studies led to a global movement of wrongly named gender-affirming care, resulting in hormone experimentation on youth and, in some cases, irreversible mutilation, double mastectomies on a 13-year-old girl. Her parents agree because they're desperate, they don't know what to do, the gender... Bending, affirming, psychological, medical world tells them, well, they're gender dysphoric. They need to uh, take on the other gender. That's what's going to solve all their problems. So your daughter, who doesn't feel comfortable in her body, uh, should have been a man. And so what man has breasts? So you have to remove those. So they've actually done double mastectomies and removed teenage girls' breasts. Okay, that's where this went. And then pumping bodies full of hormones, testosterone, and estrogen, which has all kinds of deleterious effects down the road. So once again, children as lab rats in order to promote somebody else's uh, ideology, philosophy, worldview. The Dutch studies had several major flaws, according to the report. Study authors only recorded the cases with the best outcomes, concluded without evidence that gender dysphoria disappeared solely as a result of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, and failed to properly examine the risks of the interventions with disastrous effects. The American College of Pediatricians responded to the report in a press release on January 25th, calling on organizations to reconsider current protocols for gender dysphoric children. Like I saw a map recently, go back 10 years or something, and gender dysphoric clinics around the country, there's like a couple of them. Now they're all over the place. Again, this is deeply demonic. The, the entire pediatric transgender industry is based on these two Dutch studies. Michelle Cretella, immediate past executive director of ACP uh, EDS and advisory board spokesman for Advocates Protecting Children, told me, the author of the article, this open access report is critical because it exposes the fraudulent foundation of pediatric transgender medicine in the U.S., the Dutch studies were so foundational to the U.S. movement that the first pediatric gender clinic in the United States was opened by Dr. Norman Spack, a pediatric endocrinologist who was convinced of the necessity of gender-affirming interventions after visiting the Dutch physicians who published them. But if these studies had been published today, the authors conclude, the research would, would have been recognized as very low quality and would not have encouraged the use of puberty blockers, wrong sex hormones, and surgery in confused children and young adults in general medical settings. You understand this. So the, the people outside of fellowship with the Lord, what fellowship? Does darkness have with light? Jesus is talking about why people aren't interested in the light because their deeds are dark and they don't want them exposed. So now you have to, this is Romans 1 again, suppress the truth 
By the way, the truth that you know exists, Romans 1 again, God's made his existence plain so that men are without excuse. So now you know, everybody knows God's the 800 pound gorilla in the room and you don't want, you know, he's a moral judge. You don't want that in your life. So you got to stick your fingers in your ears and get rid of them. You suppress the truth and you replace it with a lie. So when you do that, now you got to build your case for your alternate reality, like 72 genders. So you're going to grab anything and everything to walk into the courtroom to tell God to take a flying leap. That's what this is. It's been the same story for the last 5,000 years of recorded human history. You don't like God because you don't like a moral judge, and so you're going to do whatever you can to get rid of that. So now we're so enlightened, we're so intelligent, we have so many uh, letters after our name, that we just use, we come up with faulty uh, experiments, faulty studies, and then we grab onto them, we're not going to use, we're not going to hold them up to real high academic standards. So even if it's a bad study, you're going to use it because ideology trumps reality. And this is what's happening all over the place in literally every subject you can imagine. It shows up every day on the show and all the different stories that I bring to your attention and share with you. It's the same thing all over the place all the time. And it's get, in a country where we wholeheartedly slaughtered 60 million children in the womb. Do you think dragging kids to a drag queen story hour to watch some confused, screwed up pervert twerk in front of a five-year-old? You really think that's beyond us? (laughs) Really? It's not. And ultimately, my Christian friend, the answer isn't Ron DeSantis, it's not the White House, it's not the Federalist, it's not Ben Shapiro's website, it's not the Blaze, it's not my radio show, this website, this social media influencer, Twitter, or anything else. The answer has always been the same. You want a changed mind? You want people to see the reality of it? They got to have a changed heart. They need to be born again. That's it. Now, people can be moral and right-minded without being born again. But that's a shrinking group. And again, because the law is written on the human heart. So there are some decent people. There are decent people that aren't Christians. They're right-minded. Unlike Nebuchadnezzar who lost his mind. And that's why it says when Nebuchadnezzar, when you read that story again, Nebuchadnezzar, and his senses returned to him, then he embraced reality. And so there's a whole lot of people that need to not be quiet. They need to be very engaged and very mad. That go, okay, yeah, there's something wrong about you dragging your five-year-old in front of a drag queen, watching them twerk and do all the other mess and read their totally satanic, evil, perverted books. Like sick stuff. And like Paula Reinhardt was saying, little kids, their minds, their spirits, I would argue, you're putting them in an arena that they shouldn't be in, which causes great harm. And now we have so many kids. The norm now for teenagers and young kids is is – Anxiety and depression. No kidding. We live in the most confusing age in all of human history. And our kids are being sacrificed to those gods all the time through that little thing right here. This, this little thing right here, this iPhone, technology, digital stuff. We're in the world, but not of the world. And we have to deal with that. In hindsight, we, my wife and I would not let our kids have a smartphone until they're like 16 or 17. <laughs> And only if they're showing a lot of maturity. 
Because this stuff's going after him all the time. The devil walks around like a roaring lion, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. And that's what's happening out there all over the place. So I use the word paranoid. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's true. But you also live in the real world, and you're a watchman on the wall. And you need to be uh, assuming evil is as bad as it appears to be. But not forever. Thank you, Lord. Pay attention, be engaged, be prayerful, and stick your nose in the school's business for the protection of your children and grandchildren. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, we'll talk again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by The Truth Network.